Welcome to a Story That Works podcast, where we're going to write stories, share our work, and show you that if you want to write, all it takes is figuring out your own process. So go do the work, get your stories on the page, and confidently share them. Hi, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Caitlin. And now we're going to talk about editing our stories. Yes. How did you feel about your story, reading it aloud? I mean... It's very up for interpretation as far as the everyman because I wanted to like create not an everyman for like the audience but an everyman for the people around him in the story and how people flock to him and I mean he's not it's up for interpretation but Mm -hmm. and then how easily he's perceived one way by the masses when really he's something else. Yeah I think what's interesting is that you you create this woman this mother shocking i mean yeah but she sort of ends up being like the everyman that everybody can relate to like you're trying to please somebody you take the blame for it because what are you going to do in that situation Mm -hmm. you know so like open for interpretation sure but i still think you definitely have this like everyman type quality in your characters on two different levels you've got the guy who everybody wants to be and this woman who the the audience or the reader I guess can say hey like you know that guy's a dick Mm -hmm. and and yet I can relate to still putting up with that shit Mm -hmm. at some level like I would hope we'd be smart enough to to say hey that guy's a dick (laughs) But to some extent, like, you're married with kids, you know? You could run away, but, like, what are you risking? And so I guess I understand that at a certain level. Well, it's just, I mean, it's a very intricate dynamic. And it was weird because I had this idea and I had written, like, certain paragraphs. And then I, like, binge-watched Big Little Lies on HBO. Ooh, is that good? It's really good, but it, like, very graphically dives into domestic abuse. Mm. So that really, well, that was really weird because that was kind of... Oh, it totally came out in your story. Yeah, and that was what I was looking for. And so that kind of helped me paint that picture. Yeah. Because everyone looks at her husband and thinks that he's so amazing and they're so envious of her and her life is so perfect. And like the whole dynamic of trying to have the best party and be the best wife and create the most flawless reputation. Those are all things that were very prominent in that show. Mm-hmm. Well, and I then think how... what I've heard about that show too is that it's like this female-dominated story with female perspectives. And that's yeah. such a necessary thing because – men or I guess in general people who don't understand try to define domestic violence in their own way or make excuses for it or or they don't understand it and so I think these kinds of stories where it shows this just real life situation simplistic or not like it was such a powerful story you know and I, I feel like you could have even cut the part of like I could run and like you know her her choice at an instinctual level does she stay or does she go and yeah so what's interesting about it I think is that you've got these points in your story where you explain who this guy really is like you make that very very clear but everything's going really well it's a very short amount of time where you've got that progressive complication right like she asks him about the cake up until the point where the kids have the popsicles it's not as much text on the page but that's all your progressive complication up to the point of like how does she respond what does she do about this and she takes the blame obviously and like goes right back to him controlling her and him 
being an abusive husband. And so I think what's fascinating is that you you do have such a, a small textual space for it, but it's I feel like it does so much in that short amount of time. Like you've painted this guy, this woman has, you know, worked her ass off to make this perfect party where everybody's jealous and mm-hmm. yet you get to the kitchen and it's just like, oh, shit, I know what this is. Like, yeah. I read the start of your story thinking it was this fan, like fantastical world. You know, like I read, I married a king and I was like, oh, okay. You're like, here we go. We're in some kingdom. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> And, and so, like, I, well, yeah. I actually loved what you did with it. Like, you're so right that, I mean, that story has probably, the idea of domestic abuse has been done in a different way. But I think what's interesting is you have this grasp on this character. You write from her perspective. And you just get this picture of their life and this tiny moment that, I don't know, it's like a slice of life, but it's it's powerful. It's really cool. I like it. Did you have any thoughts about how you would edit your own story? Like any changes that you would make or, or were you like, Hey, I like, I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. I mean, I think at its core, I really like it. I really, really like the simplicity of it. I would like to add more detail. Like why was the cake such a big deal? Like, was it super expensive? Like, was it super fancy? Like more details about the party and who was there and like the like relationships between her and the other women maybe and like the jealousy aspects. I could totally see another scene afterwards where she just brings the cake home and just eats it herself. You know, <laughs> like if they already paid for it, I'm going to yeah. go pick up that, that damn is, cake. Yeah, that is true. You know, That's so I, point. yeah, I really liked that. I, again, like there's something in your, in these stories that come to you, I feel like that to me speaks to a larger story at its core. Like I just feel like you naturally have a knack for getting at just like who your characters are. I don't know. Did you consider that at all, or did you just write them and that's how they came out? You as as far as as who far the as like are? yeah, who this woman was. Like you said, you kind of wanted to write about like domestic violence. Was that just like an inkling? Did you think at all? Okay, this character wants this, and or were you just like, I'm gonna write this choice, and that's gonna be showing who they are? I guess. I mean, I just I don't know. I think I I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm always very interested in like the different sides of people, like the side that you put present to the world and then the side when you know the doors are locked and no one's home and how easily people can get it wrong Mm -hmm. you know you said you didn't know the ending of this one right well because I didn't I'm well I mean it's simple right like like I think the simplicity of it scared me like because it wasn't like she was going to actually burn the house down. It's just a simplistic, like, this is just another occurrence in everyday life. It's probably happened before in some other way where she's had a minor slip up or he's had a minor slip up and blamed it on her. And then, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's just going to end like it always ends. So I think that kind of scared me because there's no, nothing's really changing, like, in her life. Yeah, I guess maybe part of like what I mentioned when I say structure and stuff like it's not so your story is more of a revelation on behalf of the audience on behalf of the readers Mm -hmm. right like like she's not changing but we are because we know more about her life and we relate to her in that sense so I really like those kinds of things where like I think Ocean at the end of the lane does that where this character goes through 
recounting this story, but then by the end he gets his memories taken away just as he was before. So he goes on living his life in the same exact manner. He's not really different, but the revelation is that we know this happened to him, or at least mm-hmm. we think it did. And so I think stories like that still work, you know. And and what's interesting is it's your story is it like it it plays around this relationship you talk about the past you talk about when she got married and then you kind of bring it in closer like it's like you're circling around this this moment which isn't a big moment it's just an everyday moment and so you can kind of see like you're you're getting closer and closer to it and then you get to the heart of it and you're just like now I get it I see what's going on I understand that and you know somebody somewhere will find that story hopefully empowering enough to say that guy's a dick I'm I can't be around that and and see that their own relationship in that story I think yeah I don't know I think it's cool I really like your writing I always do but what's nice about it is like again like so last time last story your choice didn't really mean anything for the character itself Right. Whereas this one totally does. Like you can see her as a person making this choice. Yeah. And I think that that makes it more powerful. It's sort of, and uh, I mean, I've asked you this a billion times and you have nothing to say about it (laughs) or or nothing to change, I guess. But like I say, like it sort of feels like this story was more about the character. And that's why I'm like, oh, did you, did you really get a sense for like who this character was? Did you kind of think about her life beforehand and then come to frame the story at this moment or or was it like you you came up with the moment and then created the characters around it you know like I'm fascinated by how those ideas kind of play out because I can see it as a finished product but the process of like writing it is sort of where I have that kind of fuzziness of like I don't know I kind of just do it but I'd like to know how because it doesn't always work when I just do it and so if yeah. I can if I can figure it out enough, maybe I can do it again and repeat the process over and over. So I just get really curious about how your stories come to you and in what order and in like what elements and stuff. I mean, well, I think with this story, I didn't like dive into every detail of these characters' lives because I feel like they were served more as like representation. Mm-hmm. You know, like she represents like those women. Yeah, and, he and I don't think you, those men. Like you said, you were worried. I don't know. Did I explain it enough? Or did I get close enough? I think you were perfect. I think you were right okay. on in terms of, like, you don't need to come right out and say he's abusive. You yeah, know? I think that was very clear, and I would have been annoyed as a reader if you, you yeah, know, explicitly just spelled said it out. It. Yeah, right, but. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were talking sort of about like the, you didn't create their lives in every detail. Right. Well, I don't want it to seem like, oh, they're just generic character caricatures of domestic abuse because I don't really think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But they are just like, just normal people mm-hmm. who, and I feel like you, like you, you can kind of fill in the blanks. Like if, as you're reading it and like if you see yourself or someone you know or whatever then they kind of fill in those blanks on their own Mm -hmm. for sure did any of one of the characters from big little lies speak to you that you were like i or or all of them i guess are you like i'm representing these people or were you just like i'm in general 
I want to speak to this just topic. In, just in general, I think, I you know, like, I think that, like, that whole topic is something that, like, really freaks me out. Just because, I mean, anyone can end up in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some people who are just so masterful at manipulation and coercion and that kind of thing. And then you all, you know, you're roped up in it. And, and I think that it's just something that, um, that it's so hard to understand because people are like, well, why don't you just leave? leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not that simple. And it's such an uncomfortable thing. And like watching it on the show was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine like your character, for example, the relationship with the other women, like I would hope that they don't know because if they do know and they're letting it happen, you know. Well, that's the thing is like you can, is like they think he's so great because right. it's so easy to hide. Right. And if she doesn't tell anyone, you know, you can, that can go on for years and no one will ever know, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's very powerful. I think you accomplished it very well in terms of just like this simplistic, like, moment I, I hate to use simplistic because I don't think it's simplistic. no it, I think that simplicity is really powerful sometimes yeah yeah and I guess so so when I talked about how do you avoid like the cliches right like this story not yours in particular but the idea of domestic abuse maybe has probably been done less than some other things but writing like when you know okay I'm writing about a woman who is the victim of domestic violence like how do you then go in and say okay and maybe it's the the layering of the characters and really giving them a life of their own so it's not just like it could be anybody it's it's these people in particular because I do think there's something to the universal is found in the this very specific right like you can't try and make universal claims you have to make a claim about something specific and then it feels universal but you probably didn't struggle at all with thinking okay how do I make this story unique how do I not run into cliches it was just something you kind of probably just wrote really quickly I mean I just I try not to like be scared of cliches because I mean, and I don't know how. I don't know. I feel like you have to make a conscious, just like even if it's subconscious, it's still conscious in a way to like be cliche. Mm. Well, and, I also think that I once know. you know what your story is functioning as, like what this scene is doing, your first idea is going to be cliche anyways, and you're going to have to brainstorm twenty different ways to accomplish that in order to come to something that isn't cliche or hasn't been done before, I guess. But I just feel like I try not to be scared of, like, has this been done before? Is this too similar to something else? Just because that's – you're never going to get there, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you have to put just, like – you just have to do it. No, I think you're right. And if it ends up being cliche, like, in retrospect, then you can go back and be like, well, okay, why Mm -hmm. is this cliche and what can I do about it? Because I feel like that fear is really something that could hold you back. For sure. I mean, obviously, if I'm not a poster child for fear holding you back, I don't know who is. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, anything else about your story that you're like, hey, I wish I would have done it this way or I might play with this more and kind of expand it? Like, I think I would just add more detail. And that's something that I don't always know, like how much inner monologue is too much. Mm-hmm. But I just love it. Yeah. I love reading it. I love writing it. I love it. But it doesn't translate very well to the screen, unfortunately. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I wish because, I don't know, we got to wait and see how Chaos Walking does it. 
if they ever do. Yeah, if they ever launch the movie. But honest to goodness, like the idea of noise in that story, like I am so curious to see how they, how they portray that, if they do or if they ignore it. Yeah. I'm fascinated. Curious, I guess. Okay, so for my story, I definitely know that there are some minor things I need to research while I go and edit this story, like where the engine rooms would be located on a structure built for space or good names for toys or how something in the engine room could be broken and recalibrated, whether or not that makes any sense. I wanted it to be non-emergent, but like them think it's an emergency. Uh, I'm not sure any of that really matters. Like the heart and soul of the story wasn't really dependent on that. Again, I did struggle with, okay, the only thing that I'm really tied to is this popsicle, eating a popsicle in space, you know? But, like, nothing about it had to take place in space. And so I did struggle with that a little bit of, like, okay, well, so what? So if I edited, I would probably try and come to something more concrete, like a better reason for it being in space, other than let's just float around eating popsicles. Well, I think that's what makes it special. Yeah? Because, I mean, in my idea of like living on a space craft is that there's very limited resources like you don't get to have these luxury items like popsicles you know Mm -hmm. like it's all very practical very like rationed like Mm -hmm. you know and so to have a to this little girl like maybe she's never had one before like maybe she doesn't know what that's like and then to have it in zero grav like that's super that's Mm -hmm. just special so I don't think that it's like not I don't think that it's irrelevant that it's in space I think that that adds like a whole nother level and a lot of like questions and more depth to it yeah I feel like I struggled with making it take place in space because I worried that it would seem like I was just trying to be unique I guess I didn't feel that way I think that you could be like go into it and be like she's never had popsicles like she grew up here like she Mm -hmm. eats what she what they give her for her like rationed whatever like food in a bag I don't know (laughs) I didn't like I don't know I and I loved like the beginning where like I just get this perfect visual of eating a popsicle and the like little melty parts are floating around Mm -hmm. you like that's so whimsical and and interesting and like when you're up in space and you can't go outside and like you're breathing recycled air and you're like very confined just little things that are special and different are a big deal Mm mm-hmm not that I've ever lived in space, but that's just kind of... We can imagine. Yeah. yeah, that was the one thing that I think really kept coming back. was just like, how cool would it be? Like, I mean, just in general, to eat in space, like zero grav stuff. Mm-hmm. But like letting it kind of, you know, because popsicles get, get all melty and then they'll start floating away. I could just imagine slurping it up and yeah, making it an experience. I don't know. I tried to go with the whole idea of loneliness... And like I said, I kept coming back to, okay, and every man just, he wants to fit in and wants to belong. And this poor guy is at his his end of his rope. He can't even, people don't even know his name. And all he wants is to just kind of like blend in. But he can't have both. He can't 
blend in and get upset at people calling him the wrong name you know Mm -hmm. and like what do you do it's been six years so they so they didn't know his name because that was the previous guy's name and they just never bothered or it started off they didn't get his name quite right and then that didn't work for where kind of the story was going and so that's why I made his name like start with the st as well like Stuart Stan Mm -hmm. you know like the previous engineer or they just you know didn't bother maybe he's assuming it's the previous engineer's name I, I think he's just kind of making excuses for them, I guess. I don't know. I can make that a lot clearer, I'm sure. Yeah, because I was like, did they do that on purpose? Like, is he just, like, I cycling think, through? Yeah, like, like, I think he's he is there to do the job, and so long as he does the job, they don't really care about him, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why he's quitting and moving on to the next place, because he sort of feels like he's just... Expendable. Yeah. And I, I mean, to some extent, he kind of is, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't to know. To them, yeah. To them. Yeah. Yeah. I struggled again with the like extraordinary circumstances because I don't think he was really in any extraordinary circumstances. I thought about making it like some action story where life and death are at stake and blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't come to anything I liked enough to write about. That's, I guess, maybe where the cliche stuff comes in, where you're writing action stories that have been done so many times before. Like, how do you how do you end up being unique with that, I guess? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me overthinking, but yeah. I don't know. What else did you think about my story? What can I fix? I'm, well, I felt like I really had a good idea of who the main character was within, like, the first couple paragraphs, and I really liked that. But the little girl's not very well described. I don't know if she well, needs to be. N- right, because she's, I don't think she needs to be, just because I feel like there are less characteristics mm-hmm. for, like, a really young person. Just their template isn't as filled in, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I liked her. I liked where she's, like, he's waiting for her to press the button, and she doesn't press the button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I thought that... Like, your stories keep, like, getting closer and closer to, like, this big emotional, like, when your first story, I was like, if you would have gone there, I would have cried. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I feel like you keep getting closer and closer to that. I really liked that you didn't, like, spell out this idea of loneliness, but it's a very apparent theme. I mean, that's good. At least I'm making progress. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I thought it was a fun idea. And it was one of those ideas where I was like, I couldn't come up with that. <laughs> I think like, you could. I think you very easily could. But it's like one of those ideas that like you would be happy if you came up with it, you know, yourself. Like I would be happy if I came up with that idea. I, d- I felt like it wasn't big enough. Like, okay, they're in space, but like, so what? You know, he didn't like... Somebody knew his name and would probably remember his name and he shared this moment with her, but it wasn't really a change in him. I, you know, I'm getting closer for sure. I'm learning and I feel really good about that. Like I actually felt good about this story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not even going to go into comparisons with yours because I love your writing and I'm learning and I'm, I'm absolutely 100% okay with that. And I'm proud of what I put out and I feel like I'm getting there, but like, I know that I'm not 100% there. This story in particular, I feel like doesn't reach quite an arc that it should. 
I love the setups. Like, I'm not saying all my writing is shit because it's not, but I can set things up very well. I see these, like, images, and that's that's really fun for me to, like, picture this guy in, in space floating around eating popsicles because, like mm-hmm. you said, like, he brought it as his personal item. Originally, he was, it was sort of like the, the Doctor Who, I guess I, I got inspired by Doctor Who as well, where his family was leaving him because he wasn't around, but he wasn't around because he needed to make money to support them. And so they were leaving him and he, that was where it originally kind of went in terms of like what he was struggling with, but I couldn't really fit that in. And I'm not sure I 100% know how to do that but I still think the story in general could reach a stronger arc like a stronger emotional like gut punch of like oh man he's really lonely and that kid saved him in a way yeah man I I like the subtlety of it you know it doesn't have to be like he was on the brink of something awful and she pulled him back I feel like just a very small moment of hope is important too it doesn't have to be huge and I liked I think another really good reason for it to be in space is like like space is a huge metaphor maybe not metaphor but like space is loneliness in Mm. like embodied like Mm -hmm. just that endless endlessness and like if you're in space you can't just go to the people that you want to see if they're not in space with you which they're probably not Mm -hmm. and you're always like looking down at the earth like separate from everyone I don't know yeah. I like the subtlety of it. I don't think I don't think you have to make it such a huge like, oh, he was about to jump or Oh, I originally did. Originally I was like, how do I make it work where he's going to, you know, blow up this space station cuz he's fed up with nobody knowing him or he's, you know, going to kill himself or so, you know, like it had to be bigger. Like it had to be some some type yeah. of strong I feel like moment. that would have been cliche. It totally was in my head. I couldn't get it to not be cliche. So. And it's like this little girl comes with her little toy and yeah. shows him humanity. Like that's very. Super cliche. That's yeah. why I keep bringing it up because that was my original like, oh, something big has to happen. And, and I went with a simplistic side of it where it's just, okay, He's just doing a job and all she yeah. does is she recognizes that that's not his name and that he doesn't like being called by a different name. Like he yeah. can play as many, like he can play it up like however he wants to, but she knows the truth because kids do. They really can see things that we hide. So I, I don't know, maybe that's the key is to not try and go above and beyond and make it big and whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe that is where the the cliche stuff. Not that you can't write, you know, action stories with life and death stakes, but I feel like it takes a lot more work to get to a point where it's not going to end up being cliche because how roll your eyes quality is it to say he was going to blow up the space station and the little girl with her broken toys saved him, you know? Right. <laughs> like I feel like we've seen enough of that and we're just like that doesn't ring true. Yeah. Cool. Anything oh, I else? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I mean, I don't need you to tell me that I that you no, liked I, it, but I'm glad. <laughs> I did. In I think way. it would be. I think it'd be a really cute short film. Huh. I'll work um, on learning animation or something. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to learn on my plate. But yeah, no, I I liked the idea. I liked when I, at the beginning I was like, okay, like 
he just eats popsicles and that's how you incorporated popsicles and then the popsicles came back and I was like it had to come back because yeah. I didn't want it to just be a popsicle I was like that's a little too like hey I had to throw this in here but I then it worked Good, I'm glad, because I did struggle with that, too. <laughs> I, like, I know the down, popsicles have to come I, back. <laughs> I literally just threw out down the word popsicle with a question mark. <laughs> Is it really? Does it need to be there? Yeah. I mean, I had to make it so that it needed to be there, because otherwise, what's the point of it? I don't know. Okay, cool. So this is the end of our first season. That's crazy. I know. We did three stories, 12 weeks. Like, feels so long ago when we wrote about abandoned couches in the woods we were so young so naive anyways so i don't know when we'll be back for the next season but send us stuff you know send us your stories let's talk about writing if you like what you're hearing from us we will give you more and we'll make it work with caitlin in prague so yeah because i'll be in prague where oh, i'll yeah. be Keep bragging That's where about I'll it. Be. Keep bragging about it. <laughs> no, but I'm um in all seriousness, we would love to hear that you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more. We have no set time frames, got a lot of life stuff going on. So it's easier to continue to make this a priority if people want to hear more. Please give us validation. <laughs> Back to the whole social media. Please validate us. Please our give us <laughs> Please let us know that we're doing okay. No, but I mean, I don't mean like you have to tell me I'm wonderful and my writing's no, great. No, you do. <laughs> That's no. what I want. Feel free. I mean, yeah, feel free to tell me I'm wonderful. But I think Caitlin gets enough of your writing is wonderful from me. I'm just, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, in general, if you like our podcast and you want us to make more, we would love to do so but we don't want it to go into the void. Maybe? I don't know what yes. I'm trying to say. All right. We'll call that a season one. Wow. It's over. The, the dragons have hatched. The, <laughs> I like hatched better than slayed. The, the plane has been crashed. On an island? Yeah. With unknown mystical qualities? The Yeah. The plane, no, the dragons have been hatched and the hatch has been opened. <laughs> And yes, with polar bears. And the CDC has been blown up. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. It's been real. It's been faux real. Thanks for hanging out real. with us. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Story That Works. For all the past episodes, the show notes, or to connect, visit astorythatworks.com. If you'd like to support the show, click subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. As always... Keep writing.